In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Have you come to believe because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. To understand most fully how this applies to us, and perhaps how it does not apply to us, let's go further back into this gospel passage and consider what it meant that the doors were locked for fear of the Jews on the evening of Easter Sunday, a week ago, as it were, in liturgical time. Remember Easter Sunday morning, Mary Magdalene and other women went to the tomb. They found the tomb empty. They ran, reporting that the tomb was empty. They were not believed. Peter and John ran back. Meanwhile, Mary Magdalene encountered the risen Lord. And the risen Lord told her, tell my disciples to go to Galilee. There they will see me. That repeated what the angel had told her already. He is not here. Go to Galilee. There you will see him. Peter and John go into the empty tomb. And the gospel tells us that they believed. Not that they believed the resurrection had happened. Because the gospel tells us they did not yet understand the scripture that he had to rise from the dead. They believed that the women weren't lying. They believed that, yes, in fact, the tomb is empty. There's a lot that transpires over the course of that afternoon and evening. An appearance to Peter, an appearance to the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, and then our Lord visits the the ten apostles who are in the upper room, locked for fear of the Jews. And there we pick up our account from the Gospel of John today on this last day of the octave of Easter. He does say, peace be with you. St. Mark also tells us that when the Lord came into the upper room where the disciples were on Easter Sunday, he upbraided them for their unbelief and hardness of heart because they had not believed those who saw him after he had risen. He comes so that they may have faith. He also comes to deepen our faith. And so at one of the same time, he has to point out to them, you should have already believed. But I've come here so that you will. You can imagine our Lord could have said through, a, through another messenger, through another angel, by the way, dummies, I told you to go to Galilee. I'm waiting. No. He met them in Jerusalem. Not just once, but probably twice, if not even three times. 
I say twice, maybe thrice, because St. Paul in his first letter to the Corinthians says that our Lord appeared to Peter and then to the rest of the apostles. And so on Easter Sunday, they may very well have been that appearance just to Peter before what we read in today's gospel, that he appeared to all of them at the end of the day. Very importantly, this is happening in Jerusalem. Our Lord comes back a week later. St. Thomas hadn't been with the others on Easter Sunday. We don't know if that was because he wasn't afraid or because he just had to take care of some urgent business that could not be delegated to somebody else. We don't know. Nevertheless, he didn't believe and he was stubborn in his unbelief. A week later, our Lord comes back. Some translations say that the doors were shut. Some translations say that the doors were locked. The most important detail for us to remember is that they still hadn't gone to Galilee. It's a week later. They've actually seen the risen Lord. They've actually spoken to him. For them, the resurrection isn't even something to believe anymore. They know it. They've seen him. And they haven't budged. And in the grand gallery of those who do not budge is St. Thomas. So our Lord comes to him. He says to all of them, peace be with you, as he says so many times in the resurrection. Put your finger here and see my hands and bring your hand and put it into my side and do not be unbelieving, but believe. Does he even have to have to upbraid him the way he did the apostles a week earlier? Probably not. St. Thomas is already chastened. But how obvious is our Lord's mercy that he comes back again And in so doing, while St. Thomas is singled out for his lack of belief, we can also say he is singled out for admitting that he didn't believe, for refusing to fake it, for refusing to just simply go along. The apostles, in contrast, aren't much better. They believe, but they're still disobedient or slow probably afraid. Then they go to Galilee. And St. John has beautiful descriptions of what happened at the Sea of Galilee. Meanwhile, who is not mentioned in these accounts? The one with whom we spent Easter Sunday in our meditation. The Blessed Virgin... She's already been praised above all by Elizabeth and by her divine son for her faith. And can't we hear her ringing in between these lines? Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. She didn't need to see him. 
to believe that the resurrection had happened. She's not described as being in this upper room where the doors are locked out of fear. She will be in the upper room on Pentecost where they're no longer locked up in fear. By the time the ascension happens, the apostles are unafraid. They can even see our Lord go off into heaven and they're joyful and they praise him in public in the temple in Jerusalem and pray in private in the upper room. Then our lady is described as being in their company. And so our takeaway is a question, a self-examination. In which category do you belong? There could be some who are with the Blessed Virgin Mary, whose faith is unquestioning. They believe. Not just because they feel it strongly or because they can't imagine something else, but because the Lord dwells in them. And then there's the people who believe, but are still locked up. I think that's a lot of us. We believe, we know the resurrection happened, but we sure don't want anything bad to happen to us. We know Jesus said, go to Galilee, but I'd rather stay right here. There's probably even non-believers who don't want to bring attention to themselves, but they're just going to stay with the group and they'll pretend that they believe. And they're the ones who don't believe and they're willing to admit, I do not believe. And if anyone stands to benefit most clearly from an encounter with our Lord is the one who has been honest the whole time, who is brave in their convictions and is willing to suffer whatever the consequences are of who they are. Ridicule, punishment, expulsion. There's not much said Positively about the mediocre in the New Testament, right? Be hot or be cold. Don't be in between. So that's for our own self-examination. And the other takeaway is for those of us who believe quite well or even strongly, who struggle with the people who don't believe, Take a page from our Lord and be patient, be merciful. Don't, don't, just, don't just chastise them and don't simply argue with them. What makes the difference? What makes the difference is spending time with Jesus, spending time with the risen Lord. It wasn't just one visit with the risen Lord that changed the apostles and made them ready for, for ascension. They had to spend time with him, lots of time with him. And so our unbelieving friends, 
neighbors, relatives. They, they, they need time. They need time with him. Not time alone, not just time to think. They need time with Jesus. And that's both chastening and refreshing. Because we want to think that they need more time with me. And then they'll be all good. No, they need time with God. They need time with Jesus. They need us to help them. They need us to point them in the right direction. And then they need us to get out of the way. The Lord truly is kind and merciful. He wants everyone to have faith in him, to love each other, to forgive sinners. He wants us all to be with him in heaven. And he wants us here in the church, his body, around the altar, to begin to experience what it's like to be in heaven. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.